KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, standing by to join me, are Marika Gerard and Matt Yoka. We're going to talk about the film Whirlybird, which opens in theaters and on demand August 6th. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Marika, uh, what was it like seeing your life unfold in this film? Uh, it was surreal. Uh, my home movies on a big screen, basically. And a little, a little, uh, I was a little nervous because I didn't know exactly what Matt would be doing, but I think he did an amazing job. I would say so. Matt, how did you decide to come up with this, you know, idea for this film? I loved it. Hey, uh, well, the initial Pro, the, the initial interest that led me to Marika and Zoe's story was my desire to explore my hometown, which is Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. I started researching the city almost in a stream of conscious way, just thinking about uh, different subjects that were of interest to me and uh, different time periods that were interesting to me. And for me being you know, a child of the 90s, uh, I, my mind went to things like bank robberies and high-speed pursuits and uh, the, the sort of chaotic nature of Los Angeles. And that's when, that's when the idea of helicopter reporting came to me. And uh, if you do just a little bit of research about helicopter reporting in Los Angeles, it doesn't take you long until you find the career of Marika Gerard and Zoe Turr. And uh, I reached out to them and started talking to them and just hearing their story, I found that their, their lives were as interesting as the work that they did. And uh, I think uh, uh, things sort of progressed from there. I love how uh, you gave the backstory of how Marika, you know, first fell into this. And, and it was, you were young. I mean, you were, it was like, you were just going where the action was. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, exactly. I was a graduate student. I kept my life was in books. And I suddenly I met Bob and he was the opposite of me. He was a daredevil. He would do anything, go anywhere. He was always ready to go. He never wanted to sit still. And it was just so different for me. And I, I kind of felt like I would never do this myself. Right. But uh, this is really fascinating. That's kind of how I got into it. I mean, the footage is so fascinating. I'm, I'm, I was watching this thinking I would be very excited too. I would be very excited too. Well, at first it was fear. <laughs> it started out as abject fear because I was being taken into places that I never would have gone on my own, including flying, flying over brush fires. I was a child during the, the uh, Bel Air fire in the 60s, and I was petrified of brush fires. And sure. suddenly here I am in a helicopter with no doors on it, flying over a brush fire, uh, you know, and petrified. But Bob had a man, way of making you do stuff. And then afterwards you go, oh, I guess I can do that. It was so exciting. What I really enjoyed too, Matt, was it's, and I'm like this, I like to kind of let things unfold where I don't have a roadmap. And you, I felt like you became this detective uncovering layers of things and then what was it like when you discovered 
you know, Marika and Bob had all these videos and whoa, you had all this footage. Well, I think in a lot of ways I was really naive, um, both about uh, the quantity of videos, the fact uh, that they still had these videos and, uh, and also the intimate nature of the, of the videos. So uh, there was definitely a discovery process. And I think both Marika and Zoe acted as guides during that. Um, I, I remember in particular, it was Marika that took me into her storage unit that had all the tapes. And it was kind of like that Indiana Jones yes. ending where you're looking down this row of, of history and it's kind of almost in this innocuous uh, anonymous storage unit. And, and uh, you know, Marika kind of hands me a box and says, I think these are all the riot tapes, you know? That's, that's kind of one of the biggest, most historical moments in not just Los Angeles history, but in American history. Yes. And she's got the tapes just right there. And so she passed it to me. And, and just as quickly, she finds another tape that just as quickly she finds another tape that has uh, footage of uh, Katie taking her first steps as a baby, Katie, Marika's daughter, daughter, taking her first steps as a baby. And the, the way in which the footage can swing from anything from a crime scene or a brush fire to a home video, all on the same tape. Um, I, I, it, it took me a while to fully absorb just how interesting and complex that was. And ultimately that's what allowed me, I think, to tell a story that's much more personal. And, um, and I hope that's something that resonates more with people. It, it, it takes these big historical moments and it contextualizes it um, in the story of just two people living their lives. And so I, I think I couldn't have done it obviously without Marika and Zoe um, sh showing me the way through their tapes. So yeah, that's, I think that's kind of how things developed there. Amazing. Marika, it was so interesting to see your career unfold in the film. What was that like? I mean, you had facing fears and doing things you never even imagined. Well, I started out figuring that I was going to be a journalist. I was, you know, I was a journalist. So uh, I was going to be the reporter. Bob would have a camera, he'd be the photographer, I'd be the reporter. And that's kind of what we did at the beginning. And uh, then I became an on-camera reporter because he was still a photographer and then a video photographer. Uh, and then suddenly uh, he becomes, decides he wants to be a pilot. And because he's a pilot, he can't shoot the camera and be a pilot at the same time. I needed to be the photographer. So suddenly now I'm the photographer and I'm hanging out of an open door of a helicopter and I'm petrified of heights. Uh, so uh, I am eternally grateful for uh, the fact that I got pushed to do things that I would never have done otherwise. Right. Um, and right. then, you, you know, you also uh, opened up a very personal- You also opened up to, a very personal side. You might want to mute. I'll ask this question and then you can unmute. unmute. I'll ask this question and then you can unmute. Okay. So here, Matt, you delve into this and there was so much more to the story because 
you dealt with, you know, basically Bob's backstory of abuse and that unfolded on film. Was it hard for you to decide you were going to be an open book about that? I went through a lot of back and forth myself through the years over how much of my story I wanted to tell. For a long time, we were the Disney story of the happy couple sharing their lives in the air with their family and everything is, is beautiful. And I mean, I knew what the truth was that it wasn't always that perfect. And I just didn't know if I could really talk about it. I, it, I felt somehow that, uh, that um, it was a poor reflection on, not only on, on Bob, but on me for, yeah. for actually accepting the things that I accepted. And uh, it, you know, I'm, it really wasn't until the Me Too movement where I began to realize that this was not an unusual story for women. Right. And that because we right. all, so many of us just said, okay, they have their reasons for doing what they're doing and we can, we're strong, we can accept it and we can, we can, you know, we can make it work anyway. People get away with a lot of stuff that they didn't necessarily, it's not even, it's not good for them either. Right. You know? um, I actually, in my life, have experienced abuse and it was so telling when you allowed viewers to see that moment where he's saying, over here, turn the camera, don't you see it? And he's, you know, berating you. But I thought as a woman, it was very important for you to share that because you were silent. You were doing what he was telling you to direct the camera, direct the camera. But then I think maybe that was a turning point for you. There were so, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's it like little by little, every time that one of those incidents would happen, it'd take a little chip off of my, uh, my feelings towards Bob. Yeah. And I yeah. would try to excuse it and, oh, you know, I didn't really mean it. But every time it would be a little bit more and a little bit more until it suddenly reaches the breaking point where you just, you just can't take it. Right. And you walk away from it. It yeah. took a long time. Right. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. Matt, let's talk about the film. Matt, what was it like talk about making it? What, uh, as far as how long did it take you to make? I'm, I'm never sure whether to be uh, proud or embarrassed uh, about this, but it, it, it took me about six years to make the film. Um, and uh, it, it really was about four years of development. And once we finally were able to get funding, um, it, it was about two years of the filmmaking. Uh, the, 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 the main hurdle in making the film was digitizing Zoe and Marika's archive. Um, so. Sure. So I, I wasn't able to really make the film or really start in earnest until I was able to digitize their entire archive, which is about 3000 tapes. So that, that task was, was for me uh, essentially the starting point. But what I was able to do in the meantime was really, I, I think, get to know Zoe and Marika and both as subjects of a film I wanna make, but also just as friends, if, if I, if, I don't know if Marika considers me that, but I, I, got, I, I got to know them on a personal level. And one of the things I'll say, and this I think ties into a conversation 
you were just having is that I felt that both Marika and Zoe wanted to talk about their past and wanted to talk about their lives beyond just kind of the, uh, the iconic talking points of covering the riots and the OJ pursuit. It wasn't that they necessarily were running towards that conversation, but it felt like it was there. And so I just, uh, I just tried to create the space and, um, the, the, the dialogue in which we could kind of push it into a more personal zone. Um, I, I wanted to be respectful uh, to Marika's experience and, and Zoe's experience, um, but I also uh, really wanted this to be a personal story. And, and getting back to kind of how I put the story together and whether or not I was nervous to take the story in certain places, I, I, I I decided pretty early on that this is essentially a relationship story, a marriage story. And so as soon as I grounded the film in that narrative, um, it became fairly easy in deciding what goes into the film and what's, what doesn't go into the film. And, sure. and, you know, it just so happens that some of the greatest work they did as reporters, they did together. Marika filmed it, Zoe, was flying and reporting in the helicopter. And so uh, I didn't feel like I had to sacrifice their the story of their career to tell the story of their relationship because ultimately they're completely intertwined. So, so yeah. that's kind of how things came together um, and uh, was a little, I guess, a little insight in the process over those six years. I don't, I wasn't surprised to hear six years when you think about all those tapes and all the stories and you didn't, quite know all the other personal sides of this, what you were uncovering and getting involved with. And I think your dedication to creating this is outstanding. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful film with many different layers. Wouldn't you say so, Marika? I would say that one of the things that was great about the way Matt did it, and the reason it was so successful, is that he did not come into it with a preconceived notion of story he was going to tell right he discovered right. the story and told the story that he found and you don't find that that often in documentaries and that's when you have a documentary that you feel has actually gotten to the truth of something i also say it's matt's telling of my story so it, it's also matt's story which i find really it was really interesting to see what someone else saw my story as yes what else would you like people to know about the film, Matt? Where, how about where they can see it? Oh, oh, that's this, an open this question. Is when I get to promote the film. Okay. Sure. <laughs> well, I think the first thing I'd like people to know is that as complex and complicated and at times uh, tragic as uh, both Marika and Zoe's story is, and the stories that they covered, I really do have the utmost respect for both of them for really kind of laying out their experience and in such a um, candid uh, way that, that I, just, I just can't thank them enough um, for allowing me to go there with them. And, and I, I feel like I really grew as a person um, in getting to explore their story. And, uh, and so I, I'm thankful for that. And, and I hope that people are able to take similar things away from, from the film that I did. Uh, 
Uh, and on that note, they will be able to see the film uh, both uh, streaming through Amazon and iTunes on August 6th. And if you happen to live in LA, New York, or Chicago, uh, you'll also be able to see it in theaters. And I really do believe right. that the theatrical experience is special. Um, the, the, the photography that Marika did, um, whether on the ground or soaring over the city, um, is incredible to see on a big screen. And, uh, and I just hope that people get a chance to go out if they're comfortable with that. So that's, yeah, that's what's going on. Fantastic. The film is Whirly Bird, and I put uh, all the info on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. This was such an important uh, time in history to capture LA, to capture what Marika and Zoe, you know, went through as a couple and, and also as professionals, and to look at how their careers evolved and how you work together through everything. It's really an amazing film. Um, anything else you'd like to add about the film? I'm just, just happy you got to watch it and thanks so much for your interest. I, I, I really do appreciate it. I'm excited to get it out there so people can uh, engage with it. And Marika, your daughter is a reporter as well, correct? She is and she's on uh, maternity leave right now. And uh, I'm here, that's why I'm here. Making sure. <laughs> As the help she needs and uh, if you want it I can self-promote it's my CD your CD yes it's what I've been doing since I haven't been doing news tell is, me more uh, give me a quick little uh, plug I know we have to wrap soon uh, and I produce this CD I've been uh, you can find it on uh, you can actually find it on uh, iTunes and on uh, Spotify everywhere Amazon Music, everywhere you find music, just look my name up and uh, tell me what you think. Fantastic. Fantastic. Are you singing and, also, and performing? Are you singing? Uh, yes, I usually sing and play guitar, sometimes piano, but most of the, of the instruments on the CD are actually uh, somebody else because they're better than me. You know, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. So is that how so you get out of your funk or got through things through life is through your music and song? Absolutely. I, I was just telling my little step grandson to, he was asking me about how do you write songs? And I said, I, I started writing songs because I wanted to say things to Bob that I felt like I couldn't really say to him. So I wrote, a, I wrote it in a song instead. And that's how I started writing songs. Perfect. I love it. Well, I know we've got to we've got to wrap it up, but I want to thank you both so much, Matt, Marika. This has been fantastic talking to you. Congratulations. Thank you.